Hey guys, it's Camden again, back with Generation Z Podcast. I really appreciated the positive reaction to my episode yesterday. I also, I heard your constructive criticisms. You're right, I did need to work on the volume. I've got a new program now. Hopefully to take care of that, I did need to work on my inflection and cadence. I spent so much time trying to carefully choose my words to sound like a professional when that's just not my personality. Hopefully that comes through more now. I really do feel like I am trying to give all of you what you deserve. It's uh, not every day that you make your YouTube broadcasting debut immediately to an audience of 18,000 people. That's crazy. I couldn't have expected it, but I also couldn't have expected the positive reaction, and I really do appreciate it, guys. So, without further ado... Let's jump absolutely right into today's news. The first story I want to go over, one of the biggest ones in recent memory. The Pentagon has been running a 60,000 strong secret army for the last 10 years, made up of soldiers, civilians, contractors, uh, traveling the world under false identities, embedding themselves in consultancies and name brand companies. American people didn't know about it, neither did most of Congress. They went under the guise of a name Signature Reduction. To me, that screams plausible deniability for the Pentagon if anyone gets caught, but it also says that they pretty much can operate as they please while on mission. And that's just as scary to think about. They've had a budget of $900 million, with literally 10 times the size of anything the CIA has. This is a government agency that has never completed an audit. The entire Pentagon, I mean. In the 30 years since Congress has asked all government agencies to complete audits, they've not done one. Now, they've tried three times. Each time, the auditors have said, this is impossible. Too much money moving from short-term to long-term to dark projects to classify. We can't complete this. As people complain about their tax dollars going to, you know, welfare, unemployment, literally paying an employment tax, the stupidest thing I've heard of, 45% of the average taxpayer's taxes go to the Pentagon, and their budget's only going up. This is something that everyone should be upset about. Now... These operators would be anywhere from the Middle East, Asia, Africa, even in North America, with wigs, RFID blockers, literally trying to track high-value targets, collect publicly accessible information on the internet, and engage in influence campaigns to manipulate social media. Yeah, that's right. They could be in the comments section here. Scary to think about that this has been purposeful, not only recently, but for 10 years? What leaked this was a man under the name, Ryan Fogel, in 2013 getting caught by Russia, literally having one of those RFID blockers under an old Nokia phone in his pocket, knives, two wigs, identification cards, literally anything he could need to be anyone. Now, 
even according to this article, this breaks so many statutes of the Geneva Convention. There's zero congressional oversight. These people can do anything. It doesn't make sense how these agencies, the CIA, Department of Defense, how can they get so deluded in their own power? It's like they aren't thinking like humans. I don't know what to make of it. it it's, it's out of touch. Now, that's not all the State Department did this week. <laughs> they also went and blamed the very young... I mean, look at this guy. He is the El Salvador's president, Naib Bukele. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This guy is wearing a backwards polo hat at a press conference with his hands thrown up, basically screaming, I swear I'm not corrupt. I mean, if you ask me, this guy looks like one of those people from the article I just read about. He was blamed by the State Department along with five of his very close officials to be corrupt. Not only in that country, but six Honduran lawmakers and two Guatemalan legislatures. Norma Torres, Tuesday, released this list, basically demanding action be taken. Now, if you ask me, it's pretty insensitive and, uh, well, like I just said, out of touch for this government agency that is wrought with its own corruption to be blaming anyone. Very well could just be that they don't like this guy's actual politics and actual agenda that is very opposing of their own, you know, because it's like morally upstanding or something, that they're after him. It also could be the case that these people around him are established lawmakers that have built him up as a young mayor and have taken advantage of him for their own personal gain. It's tough to say why the U.S. is making themselves out to be saints here when they're not at all. In the same day that their own secret army gets leaked, it's just very contradictory and ironic. That's not all that's happening in uh, South America, Central America. Argentina today decided to limit its beef exports uh, for the first time since about 2015 for a couple different reasons. Uh, inflation is skyrocketing, as most of us know, in most areas of things. Literally, Chinese-driven beef buying has made their exports go up so high that a lot of the country isn't eating meat anymore. Argentina was one of the most voracious red meat eaters, having seen their intake reduced steadily amid declining income and diet changes. A prolonged economic slump means annual per capita beef consumption has fallen to 106 pounds or 48 kilograms, the lowest level in data on record, and far less than the 2009 peak, it says here, but I think that means the lowest point of their consumption, 69 kilograms. 
literally they're exporting so much that no one is able to eat it in country this is a lot like their beef export suspension from 2003-2015 except that suspension led to a massive plunge in cattle numbers and lost the country a huge share on the international market. That doesn't seem to be the problem this time around as there is such a demand. But you've got to wonder where this game ends. Does it end with synthetic beef? Does it end with farmer protests? They're already starting to pop up. It's rough to know. Now, they aren't sure that all beef cuts will be affected by this, but it's definitely going to have effect on the entire country. Hopefully, for the country's better. Maybe they have more beef to eat. Now, some good news in South America. Chile has beaten out the ruling coalition to be able to rewrite its constitution independently. And you really love to see this. There, there, There's people speaking truth to power and getting things done for themselves. With 90% of the votes counted, candidates backed by President Sebastian Pinera, Chile's Vamos coalition, had won only a fifth, while independents had picked up the most. Literally meaning they control the narrative of which this new constitution is written. The vote to pick 155 citizens to rewrite the Constitution was born from fierce protests that erupted over inequality and elitism in October 2019. The current Constitution drafted during the 1973 to 1990 dictatorship is pretty much null and void. It does nothing for the citizens, which makes sense as to why they would rise up. You know, you, you really want to see this in more than just Chile. I think that this is going to be a good thing. You would like to believe that overall, especially when you get a group together of 155 of them, that people can be smart enough, agreeable, and morally upstanding enough to write a well-thought-out constitution. We will be tracking this. I, I'm very curious as to the actual language of this constitution. They, they've already said that they want to consider indigenous populations, they want to consider universal social rights. Now the only question is how those things will be paid for, and that's the language I'm waiting to see. Now hopping over the pond to the UK today, it was announced that the indicted man James Abori, the former governor of Delta State in Niger would be giving back 5.8 million dollars. Now that's a lot less than he stole. It was estimated that it was about 165 million dollars from the oil-rich state. But it is a start and it is something for the Nigerian people. Now you would think they would be happy about this. It, it turns out that they're really not. The UK is dictating how this money is spent and it's going to be built 
bridges, not actually given back to any of the people affected by this giant scheme, not to any of the people that need actual aid right now. It's not just Western countries and First World countries. Shit is hitting the fan everywhere. Now, James Abori really shouldn't have ever been governor. He was convicted of theft from a DIY shop in 1990. He went back to Niger and used fake birth dates to be able to run for office and then immediately started taking money from lobbyists and coffers. It is just very indicative, and hopefully this is changing, but for a long time, like we talked about in the Salvadorian politics, these people stay in power because they are power-hungry and money-hungry. They will stop at nothing, and they will use whoever is able to be used at the time to get what they want. Now, what's also not fair is that the UK is telling Nigerians how to use this money? It doesn't make sense to me. This is Nigerians' money, confiscated by UK or not. Why is it not just given back to them? This is more first world countries deciding how they should help and what is best for other countries. These third world countries stay third world countries if you don't let them make their own decisions. Just like Ethiopia in yesterday's episode. European aid is spending so much time debating how to aid that they're not helping at all when this conflict is drug out for six months. Africa is not doing well in many regards. Most of you may have heard about 8,000 migrants flooding Spanish land from Morocco last night. I know I saw a video where people just kept coming. It didn't even make sense how they got there. Of the 8,000 people, it's about 1,500 miners. They either swam around border fences in the ocean, or they used rafts to get there. Now, all at the same time, that's kind of coincidental. I don't know what to make of this story. I know that it's given Spain the convenient ability to descend military into cities. It has stirred up more panic. It has stirred up more fear-mongering. I mean, they literally have photos of people pulling just one baby by itself off a lifesaver. This is an insane situation. It seems like the world is being pulled in every single direction, and there is almost zero stopping it at any point. Now, the real question is, why? You hear about Morocco, and it's kind of romanticized. So what is going on in Morocco that is sending waves of people anything worse than any other border crisis going on right now all the way across an ocean? That remains to be seen. But what is sure is this is not just happening on the Mexico-American border. This is not just happening in Ukraine, Russia. There are border crises going on everywhere. 
it makes you think. I mean, personally, I've never gotten why we decided to draw lines on a map. We're all humans, and we're all people here. And the only way that we stop having such pointless conflict is if we realize that we're all humans and look outside of the earth outwardly and take on the universe as humans. And not take it on negatively, but just face it. Because there is so much more going on out there. Why would anything ever evolve when we are committing de-evolutionarily actions. You know what I mean? Now, I really hope this episode was a little bit better for you guys. I know that I practiced a little bit more. I figured out what I was going to say or how I was going to say it. I know that I cut down on the ums and ahs and pauses. But please do let me know how you like it. And I really, really hope that uh, you'll see more of me and keep on enjoying it. Thanks. Have a good night.